sound of the nation. Shows were busy this weekend. We got to talk to a lot of people about a lot of different things. So let's kick it off with this. The Tinder Swindler last week, we were talking to the stars of it. Now it's time to talk to the people behind the magic. Felicity Morris, the director, and the Irish producer, Bernadette Higgins. Felicity, Bernie, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Very much appreciated. Congratulations on this. I loved it. Um, I've actually already, I think, seen it three times. Uh, (laughs) For you guys, what was the initial kind of, I guess, moment where Raw came over the story and went, you know what, we've got to do this and we've got to hop on this and we've got to do something with this story if we can. We came onto the story because the Norwegian publication VG, who we Mm. feature in the film, um, they had... Um, done this incredible newspaper piece, this online and, and uh, newspaper piece about Cecilia and Penilla's story. And, um, you know, it was not in immense detail, um, but that basically went viral and hit papers here, like the Daily Mail, and we read about it and, you know, our sort of, you know, jaws dropped to the floor and we thought, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable and basically wanted to find out more and so started conversations with Penilla and Cecilia who you know are just incredible women incredible storytellers um you know just really tick all the boxes in terms of who you would want to follow in a film like this for us and we just felt that um you know, Bernie and I had wanted, we'd worked together at the same production company for a long time and we knew that we wanted to work together on a film. And so when we came across this story, we thought, this is the one. Yeah. This is it. And it's a brave task to undertake as well, because you guys obviously had that extensive amount of messages that were sent in the past, which did you go through for one? Did you go through absolutely everything? (laughs) And also at the same time, how did you go about really creating what is a documentary that runs at breakneck speed and feels like a thriller in every single way, but also with thereabouts, no real footage of what actually happened except the real people's accounts and their voices. Well, I mean, you can't underestimate how valuable that's the WhatsApp archive mm. was. And I guess not just the, what's, the WhatsApp archive, but also, you know, they had photos, they had some videos of their trips yeah. and things. So we knew that we could tell the story between the really compelling interviewees because we were so lucky in that all of them are excellent storytellers. So that was a, you know, that's always a really important thing because you can have an amazing story, Mm -hmm. but if people can't tell it, then there's not much you can do with that because these aren't actors. These are real people that this really happened to. So in order for them to be able to convey that, they have to give a certain performance themselves. And all of them were excellent at that. And we knew that. So good. Yeah, we knew that very (laughs) early on. Um, You know, we got all of their entire stories over like 12 hour Zoom calls, just getting the details of absolutely everything. And then in terms of turning it into a thriller, it was really kind of, there are key turning points in each of their stories that were just like (gasps) moments. So it was really important to us that we kind of condense that into a two hour film exactly for the reason you've said. So it does feel like a thriller because it does move at breakneck speed when you tell it the right way with the right people. So we were just, we were so lucky in terms of the the contributors themselves. Cause like I said, the, the story was extraordinary, but to have them be able to tell it 
in an extraordinary way was just the double tick. I think the real key to to them is the fact that they really wanted to tell it. Um, mm-hmm. You can see that in them and they very quickly get you on their side. And I don't want to give anything away about where it heads and, and where it goes and where it twists and where it turns. But there are a number of moments in it where they're going, oh, my God, did you ever worry that I guess people would not get on their side and within it would go, oh, what are you doing? Why did they do this? Like, are you an idiot? Which yeah. as you watch it, for me personally, I could I could never feel that way. But were you ever afraid of how to craft it so that wasn't felt? Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest challenges when we came to the story was, you know, I think that unfortunately with kind of emotional cons like this, people are very quick to say, oh, you know, what silly women, you know, how can they fall for something like that? So we knew that we had to really put the audience in the shoes of these women and let them experience the con firsthand. Um, because otherwise, you know, if you just say, well, they go on a date with a guy who's posing as a billionaire and, you know, he takes them for everything, you kind of think, oh, how does that, you know, where surely yeah. there were red flags that they missed. But in actual fact, when you get into the story, when you get into their WhatsApps, when you realise just how sort of, uh, you know, masterful a con artist Simon really is, then mm-hmm. you, you know, you understand that really this this could happen to anyone, and what you think would be green, what you think would be red flags, are actually green flags. Um, yeah. yeah, so that yeah. And obviously, with something like this, you instantly welcome people into their their lives when this mm-hmm. gets out there. I mean, everybody like me. The first thing I did when I got off watching it was oh, let's look at them on Instagram. <laughs> Just how is it? Are the girls ready for that? Are they ready for that sort of attention that is coming? And is it something that they've thought deeply about in, in that sense? Because also at the same time, I went to his Instagram and went in exactly to look, oh my God, he is real. So there is that side to it too. Um, and I'm sure he's anticipating it in that way as well. Mm. I mean, the, that was, you know, again, just to give credit to the girls, you know, they're, They've put themselves in this extremely vulnerable position. Mm. You know, they have literally laid themselves bare for everyone to judge them and to, to, to jump to their own conclusions. And, you know, that was an experience that they had when the initial article came out. They got loads of online abuse, those stupid yeah. gold diggers. They had it coming. You know, you've always got those what gold digger would give someone. Well, exactly. They didn't get a penny, did they? I mean, they're the worst gold diggers ever. If that's true. <laughs> yeah. um, but they that was the sacrifice that they were prepared to make because they're yeah. they always had their eyes on the bigger prize which was exposing simon for who he really is and they're prepared to take the hit so they're just they're so brave because mm. you know there will be a lot of people that commend them but you're never going to avoid people who just want to write them off as silly women who had it coming um yeah. but they're you know from their experience with vg they're kind of they're ready for that and they know themselves what happened and they trusted us to tell the story. And they're very happy with how the film has turned out. They're really happy with Amazing. how they've been mm. presented. So, you know, we're all pleased with that. And um, they're tough chicks. So they'll be able to take. They are. They are. Um, I think they're going to love it and they're going to get on their side. And I think those girls are going to be OK. So congratulations, guys. Thank you so much for having a chat with us. Thanks so much. Now, a show which I know you're going to absolutely love. Inventing Anna. It's all about the story of Anna Delvey, 
the Russian woman who pretended to be a German heiress to fraud New York out of millions of dollars. It's a story that has to be seen to be believed and has to be questioned in order to believe what is true and what is false. We got to talk to the star of it, Julia Garner, and also Anna Chlumsky, all about their roles in the film. Take a listen to these. Yeah, I mean, I went, oh my God, when I saw the cut article. It was crazy. And it was kind of one of those things when it was so clear when the article came out that it was one of those things that they're gonna make a project of this. Like it's, but but I would never think in a million years that I would get cast as Anna Delvey. Not because I didn't think that I, I, I knew that I could play a character like that, but just, you know, not throwing Hollywood shade, but sometimes, sometimes Hollywood doesn't, can never imagine like somebody like me playing Anna because we look so different in a way. So I would I was never anticipating that I ever was going to get an email in my inbox, an Anna Delphi email in my inbox. And I did. So I it couldn't say no. And of course I'm sure when the word Shonda Rhimes is on there, you can't say no either. Well, <laughs> That's an immediate. Say, yeah, you cannot say no to that. And and it was kind of one of those things that it was one of the easiest yeses in my life in a way. So yeah. There's also that sort of, I guess, the idea that she will potentially see this. You know, I, I never, uh, I, I, I never went into the expectation that Anna was going to see it or if she was going to see it or if she wasn't going to see it, you know, I kind of, whatever floats her boat, you know, I respect and whether she wants to watch it or not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it must be very strange that this is her life and it's kind of getting broadcasted like this. Um, but to me, when I went to go meet her, I didn't have the expectation. I didn't want to have the expectation of getting certain information from Anna um, because, you know, Anna's a very private person. And I knew that I wasn't going to get certain information or had the expectation that I was going to get certain information. But more, I wanted to get her energy, her essence, her spirit. Um, that was really important to me because. I, Shonda and everybody in Shondaland, they sent me these interviews of Anna that were super helpful, just with accent and the mannerisms and all that stuff. But, but it, you still are not gonna 100% get this, the energy that you would get from real life. So that was very helpful. And the thing that I was taken the most by was how bubbly and how funny she was and how she could go from light to dark in a matter of seconds. And I feel like that was the thing that gravitated all those people um, and made it, it would made it much more understandable like why she was able to do what she did. Was there something that genuinely surprised you about the story? Something that even after doing a little bit of research and what you already knew going into it that made you just go? Honestly, I mean, it's as simple as her age. <laughs> you know, there's something about a 25 year old doing that, which it's like, I'm not saying it's right. It's not right. But you can't, oh. you can't not say that it's not impressive a little bit. Uh, yeah, and even how she could do it and make my anxiety would be through the roof. Well, that's also the thing that I was, you know, when I was filming it, I always have like, when I'm filming, I'm always nervous. I always have anxiety in a way when I'm shooting. I always feel like I'm like, is this the last 
of my, you know, career <laughs> in a way. Um, but I, 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 that's the thing that I was taken by the most. My anxiety when I was shooting this was through the roof. And I had the realization when I was ending the show that it was really because Anna's anxiety was through the roof. You know, I was just imagining, like imagine waking up in the morning and getting so many texts and emails and, you know, uh, just messages like, where's the money? Where's the this? Where like, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a nightmare. So it, it, I think I was living in that anxiety. It was very hard. And I didn't know what it was at the time until the end of the shoot. And that happens to me sometimes. I realize why I'm feeling a certain way after, after I'm done with the project. It was just kind of, at that moment, I was like, why is my anxiety through the roof? And it was because I was living as Anna Delvey. And that you were, and you did an absolutely incredible job of it. So thank you so much for having a chat with us. Congratulations on thank this. You so much. I think people are gonna absolutely love it. Those who knew and those who are just coming into this world for the first time as well. Oh, thank you so much, it's so sweet, thank, thank you. you. Congratulations on this, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. For you, what was the first time you came across the story itself? And I guess the confines of everything it is, because I would say that even on the other end of this, you probably still don't fully understand the scope. No, no one does, no one does, I don't think. I think it's, yeah, like, you know, I mean, even, you know, you, you, you find out that then, you know, um, the actual Anna Delvey is even writing things and you're like, wait, oh, wow, this just, it just, it's, it's a living thing. It's a living, breathing thing. And none of us have any, um, like you said, containment of it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, first time I heard of it was, uh, was for the, the script. I, I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't have Instagram. I'm kind of under a rock. Yeah. So I, um, I got to come to it fresh. Amazing. Amazing. And for you then as well, I guess coming to a fresh meant that you could kind of interpret um, Vivian in whatever way you wanted, but also at the exact same time, having the real Vivian on, on set and, and as a producer, how much of a, a, how much of a relief was that for you? Or did that make you nervous? Because you were like, am I doing her right? Does she want me to go as far away from, as possible? Or does she want me to remain kind of close? <laughs> yeah, I, it was, a, it was a, definitely a mixed bag because I was, um, I was so uh, uh, grateful and excited um, and I loved having all of the research I could have with uh, with her notes and with all of everything that Jessica's written, because um, those are really the jumping off points for me to to get into building Vivian. Um, and yes, at the same time, I was constantly asking myself because we were fiction. I did have the benefit of of um, and freedom of, of fictionalizing. Um, I didn't have her to match. You know, I, I was not I was not. Um, I was asked not to match, you know, necessarily. I, I definitely was inspired. Um, I wanted it to be grounded in her energy. Um, but at the same time, yes, I we, we wanted the, the freedom to go anywhere we wanted, um, where the story led us to, to um, or where the story led Shonda. I didn't write it. Uh, where... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're, we're yeah. Shana and, and our amazing writers to go. Um, so yes, I, but I definitely did ask myself that all the time. Like, is Jessica okay with what I'm doing? And like, is she going to be, and she's, she's already been interpreted on screen before in the past. So in that sense yeah, as well, yeah, she's yeah, got that it. was another thing. Yeah, that was definitely another thing. I was, and I hadn't, I had 
I, I wanted to see that movie so much when it was out. And I loved that article that that was inspired by. And I, I was disciplined and did not see the movie while we were shooting because I did not want to. Um, yeah, I just didn't want it to, to blend in. I mean, you mentioned Shonda there. When that name is attached to anything, is it just an instant? Yeah, where do you, where do I sign this? Where do I go? Where do you want me? I'll be there two years, three years? How long? You've got me forever. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I especially feel that way now, having worked with her, having worked for her. It's, um, it's an incredibly gratifying and generous uh, place to work. Um, she's incredible, and, and everybody that she that she has on on her uh, in her company and on her team is is, is incredible. They all have um, they have shared values of just like really wanting the best work from their employees, and um, and knowing that in order to get that, you have to treat them with respect and and humanity, and that's amazing. Um, so yeah, there was definitely um that sense I, I i was very excited to meet her and then when i read the script and i got to see how much how much she could really i think honor her own creativity with the new uh with the new network with the you know with a streaming network like netflix um you know uh, instead of kind of the restrictions that come from being on um a, a network um like she was before i think it was it was really exciting to see that like she's she's trying new things and like moving forward and I got to be a part of that and that was so so exciting to me when it comes to the actual story itself as well you really have to immerse yourself in it I'm sure so what was the one thing that you did find out that you went what how did that happen <laughs> I mean I, I think I share it I, I there's there's this sort of mini climax that happens in understanding Anna's rap sheet. And I think the plane really does it for everybody. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's, like, it's that party that's like, I don't know, could I? <laughs> like, do I have the nerve to do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we all have the capability inside of us, I'm sure. <laughs> if yeah, we so desire. <laughs> Exactly. How do you rein that in once you, let, once you let that beast unleash you? <laughs> well, we know where you end up anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. When it comes to it as well, a new series coming out like this for you, how do you feel? Is there is there nerves in, in the week before and, and all that? Or do you just have sheer excitement for everybody to see this I mean, great work? I mean, truth be told, I, no, I'm very excited for people to see it. I, I, I had nerves mm. before I saw it because I just don't know what the product, you know, what's yeah. the final product. Um, now I'm very excited for people to see it because I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so there's that. But yeah, I'm, I've been, I truth be told, I've been pretty, pretty nervous doing even like this press because it's the first time I've done it since pre-pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just this aspect of like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we all doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is kind of nice that also... I mean, it's not nice, but it's one of these, it's one of these amazing things that's happened with this, where it's, I can speak to you across the world and we all have some kind of shared experience. Um, so, you know, we all have a similar shorthand at this point, which is really, um, really, really interesting. I, I loved it. Like I said, I think people are going to absolutely adore it. So congratulations. And um, it's an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Much appreciated. If you're looking for something a little bit more lighthearted to watch this weekend, why not go see Marry Me? Uh, it stars Jennifer Lopez. So, I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> but it's very much a classic Jennifer Lopez rom-com starring Owen Wilson as well. And... 
the legendary Sarah Silverman. Here's what she had to say all about working on the film. Thank you so much for having a chat with us. Very much appreciated, guys. Congratulations on this. Just a real feel-good movie. Um, and also, I guess in a year, well, two years where dating has been unorthodox, it probably does fit in with uh, the trend of what people have been doing over the last two years. Uh, for you guys, what was it like to be part of this? And of course, working alongside the legend that is Jennifer Lopez. I mean, it's a dream. It's a dream job. <laughs> Everyone is so cool. I mean, every every last person, even the props department, I still keep in touch with them. Like, everybody was Ruby from props. We, we met for a lobster roll the other day. Anyway. Was it yeah, a good lobster roll? Delish. You know, just a, a tiny bit of mayo and uh, wasabi mayo. No butter. That's how you do it. <laughs> Uh, it seemed as well that relationship between Sarah, you and Owen was just beautiful on screen. And I've met the man himself a couple of times. He's an absolute sweetheart, but he brings so much heart to this as well. What's it like to be in that sort of buddy cop situation with him um, in the movie and just being the best of friends on screen? Everything you would want it to be. He's mm. just a doll, like pure mm. love and we just let, he's just, he's one of those people that when someone brings him up, I just get the biggest <laughs> smile on my face. He's just delicious. And he's, and, and, you know, he's, um, he's so delicious. You, you forget that he's totally brilliant. You know, I mean, I'm a fan of his, his writing, his acting mm -hmm. is just, he commits no matter what the project is. He's so committed. He's so detail oriented and but also just has fun he's not anyone i ever saw complaining i never really saw him on his phone you know he's just like um he's joy he's a joy i'm gonna start using the word delicious to describe people that is fantastic <laughs> it's different when you say it steve is it <laughs> wait yes. try it on well you're both delicious it's <laughs> different it's different yeah. Um, when it comes to it as well, like I said, it's been a very different world in terms of dating for the last two years. So you've talked about meeting someone through, you know, video gaming and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that this might be a new way that people can uh, going out there and just going to a gig and fingers crossed Harry Styles falls in love with me or? I think a lot of people do go to Harry Styles uh, <laughs> concerts and fantasize sure. that and, and bring sure. signs that say, marry me, Harry Styles and stuff. I, yeah. don't, I don't think this is going to usher in anything that hasn't been happening other than it happens in this movie. And something that happens in this movie as well is one of the first times I've ever seen a concert on screen that actually felt like a concert. It felt like a gig. It felt real. Um, and I guess that was partly to do with obviously the audience being real at certain points and all of that. But for you guys, like, what was it like witnessing that element of, of the film firsthand? It's all the things. It's a show, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then also it's a masterclass. And it's, um, you just realize um, the reason why people are successful is because they're good people that work really hard. And what's so great about this film as well is that we filmed this at the end of 2019. So this is a real concert. This is BC, yeah. you know? So it, yeah, it isn't just like those, you know, 30 extras that we try to like move <laughs> all over a theater to make it look like it's crowded. Like this is a, a theater full of people. And for you guys, uh, has there been a concert in your life that you've gone to and you've fallen in love with a person on stage? Has there ever been something like that, that a, a gig that sticks with you when you were younger, maybe? I thought I had a chance with Chris Martin the first time I saw Coldplay <laughs> in like 2002. I was like, you know what, Chris? Of course. You know what? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've been to some good <laughs> concerts. I'm not a big, I'm a real stay at home girl. The most embarrassing thing is that my first concert is so cool. My first concert was Neil Young, but wow. I was dragged there and didn't know who he was and didn't care because I was like 14. Guys, thank you so much. Like I said, congratulations on this. You're both delicious. Have a great evening. Thank you guys. In Ireland now. And finally, Irish pop music is in safe hands. Ocean Tisdall has signed a record deal with Universal. You might remember him from the X Factor a few years ago where he was part of the band setup. And now he's gone out solo and he seems to have everything together in order to be the pop star that I think this country needs. Taking big inspiration from the likes of Troy Savan and Billie Eilish. Here's Ocean talking all about the music and growing up feeling a little bit different in rural Ireland. Ocean, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Very much appreciated. How are you feeling right now? Are we nervous? Are we excited? Are we everything in between? Absolutely everything in between. That is exactly i don't feel one emotion at a time i feel like everything at once so that's how i feel right now <laughs> and what a week it's been as well regardless of that being at the brits the other day what was that like and i guess witnessing a, a lot of the people that you admire and also dreaming i'm sure of being on that stage yourself very soon yes it was insane now growing up watching the brits like one thing for me is i'm obsessed over the like, with award shows always have been so literally going to the brits felt like i was in the tv the whole time you know, so mm. it felt so cool getting dressed up and styled and going to the take photos of the Brit thing. It just, yeah, the whole thing was surreal, but I sadly didn't get to meet any celebrities, but they were all right in front of me. I wanted to like grab Adele's hair or something. I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe next time. Probably would never be allowed back in again. If you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said there, obviously styling and all that sort of stuff. And obviously aesthetic is something that you were so in control of in terms of yourself as well. When did you start to, I guess, start to realize your own style and, and figure out what made you comfortable and what made you happy in in what you were style has always been a bit of a struggle for me when i was growing up because for some reason i always just wanted to wear whatever i wanted you know you obviously as a kid but it happened when i started going into secondary and we would have days of like rag days and stuff like that and whenever i wore in what i wanted to and i mean i'm wearing the bare minimum i might be wearing jeans and like a baggy top and all okay, the, like, I meant the bare minimum as in nothing no, oh, sorry, that's <laughs> i was wearing the and bare minimum it was like a t-shirt and jeans and all the lads would be like nike tech track suits and they'd yeah. be like ripping into me because i'm wearing jeans and i'm like i used all insane so it was always that battle so the mm. minute i left secondary oh my god i want to be fully un- like just me completely fashion is so important to me now there's a real idea there of of growing up and 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 not feeling i guess like you connect with people who are surrounding you maybe in ireland i think that can be a a a big thing for me it definitely was growing up as well that sort of feeling do you feel like that has now almost become a a weapon to you yeah i love the way you word that so true when you're saying it's it's like a it's like a weapon because now i know if I'm in any situation in a room or with people that I feel uncomfortable with, I immediately just be like, I'm not doing this. I'm not here. Because, you know, being so deprived of feeling comfortable in secondary school and being in friend groups and situations I absolutely hated and I just wanted to fit in to please them because I was so scared of who I was. I was so scared of what they thought, who I really was, you know, what they were going to react to it. So now when I go into rooms and situations and into music and everything is I know exactly what I want and I will, I will remove myself from the situation if, you know, I don't feel safe or I don't feel comfortable or people are slagging me or making me feel like I'm not worthy or not good enough, you know? So it's definitely helped me in that way. And the amazing thing about that is as well with what you do, the music meets the people that 
you were when you were that age as well. Oh, 100%. And it really, really has felt very overwhelming in the best way and so heartwarming, you know, being that person for people. And you don't even realize it. Like, I don't realize I'm just being me. And, you know, when I used to be young and I was obsessed with Troy Sivan because he was being him and I saw myself in him, I saw another artist that was in the LGBT community and was just being themselves. And I saw that and I was like, if he can do that and win these awards and I, I can do the same, you know? So being that for people without, like you don't realize it, it's just so incredible that I could be like a choice of band that was for me to someone else. It's just mind blowing. Gorgeous. Um, I mean, the experience of, of the X Factor as well must've been something so mind blowing at the time. For you, how much do you think that that has benefited you? Um, I guess it's just in terms of having knowledge of the industry and also just having that little bit extra edge of, okay, I've already been in a sort of machine. So I understand how to navigate it, but also how to maintain my own integrity in the situation as well. Yeah, no, I think you like hit the nail on the head. It's definitely being, the X Factor was an amazing experience. You know, it made me know a lot about the industry at a very young age. And it also made me know exactly you know what I what I wanted to do and how I wanted to present myself and how I wanted my music to come across and what music I wanted to make. So no, it definitely gave me a lot of, like I said, a lot of knowledge about the industry. And um I met some incredible people that still are in my life today that help me with my music. Yeah. So it was just a moment in my life that taught me a lot and was was a really incredible experience. Now the most important question as someone who's dyed their hair 50 times. How many times do you have to dye a blue? Like, how often do you have to dye that hair? And is there a reason why there's the hat on right now? <laughs> how dare you? How did you know? You saw right through me. No, I got up this morning and I was like, looked in the mirror at my hair and went, there's no hope for this today. Let me pop the black hat on immediately. Um, I've dyed my hair a million times in a million different colours, but the blue is the one that always just, the minute I looked at it, it just stuck. And even my mom, who has hated a lot of my hair colours, she was like, wow the blue on you and i was like i freaking love it but i don't know how it's still in my head i don't know how yeah. to find out i must dye it i must bleach it like every two months and i must put blue in it every week okay probably i use a crazy color and i need to get permanent but this one isn't permanent like washes out every few days so yeah i don't know how well, it's alive when the inevitable happens this single goes number one the album goes number one you're <laughs> on the stage of the brits and you release your own line of hair that i, I will be front row trying to buy it so congratulations <laughs> man absolutely love absolutely love the track i've been following for the last while and uh, it's just so exciting to see what's happening so congratulations thank you so much i really really appreciate it Mike check one two stephen burn on 2fm the sound of the nation